welcome to the Jeremy Mullins podcast. Today, it is just myself, Jeremy, that will be on the podcast. I'm going to do um, some education. And this is something I wanted to do, you know, initially starting the podcast is, yes, um, educate in every session or ed educate in every recording, you know, but I think it's different when you have a guest on or a specialist in a particular area where it is conversation, Q&A. Um, and then also just with, you know, having Reno on as my host, you know, and doing a podcast on education, it goes a little bit different. But today, I want to do a session that is straight me educating. And what I'm going to cover is the International Society of Sports Nutrition, which is ISSN's position paper when it comes to protein intake. Okay. And once again, this is their position paper. This the, They looked at the research that they've done. And then put it into what I think is an easy read for the lay audience to understand when it comes to protein intake, what we should look at, what is the data saying, what is the research saying, okay? Now, as I go through these bullet points and these takeaways in the position paper, I'm gonna to try to give examples of how I use it in my coaching to produce as good a results as possible, okay? Now, one of the things I want to remind individuals, you know, when we do look at nutrition, you know, especially in the wellness world, okay? Now, I'm not talking about specific, you know, maybe the clinical setting, because the clinical setting is always going to be, you know, a little bit different, right? If I'm working with someone who is in the ICU because they've had a burn, then ultimately I'm trying to recover that tissue that has had the trauma secondary to the burn, right? Clinical nutrition has specific recommendations for what is going on. But most of the time in the space that... I am in, in the space that we see with nutrition, we're looking at a couple of things, right? And even with athletes, two goals, okay? We have two goals when we're attempting to change body composition is to decrease body fat mass while increasing muscle tissue. And I think that's very important for someone to understand is that we are trying to maintain our muscle tissue or in most cases, gain muscle tissue when we're doing a wellness journey, okay? And I think it, protein plays a, a big role in that. And I think for the lay person, it's understood that, hey, protein's needed to build muscle tissue, right? You ask that question a lot, hey, why do you need protein? People will say muscles, but we're, we're forgetting that protein is needed to build all tissues of the body, okay? So the first point um, on this position paper is an acute exercise stimulus, particularly resistance exercise and protein ingestion, both stimulate muscle protein synthesis and are synergenic when protein consumption occurs before and after resistance training, okay? Now, some takeaways here I want you to understand is, okay, what is muscle protein synthesis, okay? I'm just gonna read this from my notes. From a physiological standpoint, our muscle tissue is dynamic and in a constant state of turnover, with muscle proteins being synthesized and broken down simultaneously throughout the day. This comes from a Harvard professor um, inside of what is muscle protein synthesis. Okay, so the takeaway of that is muscle protein synthesis is the process of producing new muscle tissue. So consuming protein, ingesting protein, eating can have the same effect when it comes to producing new muscle tissue as our resistance training. So that's the reason both of them are so important, right? And then muscle protein synthesis and muscle protein breakdown rates determine the protein balance and the change in the muscle mass. So when exercising, yes, we are having a stimulated muscle protein synthesis, but we're also breaking the muscle tissue down. And that's why inside a wellness journey, it is so important that we are not only doing resistance training, but we're also consuming the optimal amount of protein for that individual, 
Okay. A couple other things I'm going to pull out of this, you know, is that protein, muscle protein synthesis are syngenic when protein consumption occurs before and after resistance training. I will generally put a whey protein isolate in the post-workout setting after my athletes, after my clients. Okay. I recommend first forms formula one, somewhere between two to three scoops, depending on how big the athlete is. There's 20 grams of protein per scoop. And the reason we're looking at a whey protein isolate in the setting is a whey protein isolate is going to digest super fast, therefore allowing those amino acids to get to the muscle cell. Okay. Whey protein also has a awesome amino acid profile, okay? So if you're looking at one to optimize your results, work in a whey protein isolate in the post-workout setting. Somewhere between 40 to 60 grams of protein was going to cover most athletes, okay? Yes, some can get about a 20, but I've kind of settled into, for most people, doing two scoops. Um, and then once again, you know, some of my larger athletes, I'll have to do three scoops a day, okay? Second point, for building muscle mass and for maintaining positive mass through a, a through a positive muscle protein balance, an overall daily intake range of 1.4 to 2.0 grams of protein per kilogram is needed, okay? So remember with this, back in the protein podcast, I talked about the American Dietetic Association and recommended dietary intake on protein was 0.8 grams per kilogram. So once again, we're seeing here that this is double that amount, okay? And this is where I've kind of always started that one gram of protein per target body weight is a great starting point, but we can also go above that, okay? Continue reading the point from the position paper. The 1.4 to 2.0 grams of protein per kilogram a day is sufficient for most exercising individuals, and the value falls in line with the acceptable macronutrient distribution range published by the Institute, or the Institute of Medicine for protein. Okay. So that's getting it up to, you know, the 1.4, you know, 2.0 grams per kilogram. That's right there near the one gram per, you know, target body weight. Okay. Um, so, that, you know, it, it, 2.2 would be exactly one-to-one. -one. Um, but once again, that is, you know, falling within the range. Okay. Number three, now this is where I like to recommend a little bit higher. There is evidence that suggests higher protein intake greater than three grams per kilogram a day may have positive effects on body composition in resistance trained individuals, AKA fat loss, okay? So three grams of protein per kilogram. And this is where, once again, it falls into what I've been educating on and what I've been doing in the last three to five years with my clients is starting at one gram of protein per target body weight, then increasing this and seeing how the client responds, okay? You guys have, if you follow me right now on Instagram, I've been posting a lot of, uh, uh, before and after photos for those that worked with me last year, you guys see this, people losing 100 pounds, going from 300 pounds down to 199, 198 in that range, and are 10% body fat. In some of those gentlemen, I'm increasing protein up to close to 300 grams of protein per day towards the end to help to maintain that muscle tissue, promote new muscle tissue, but also to help with hunger along the journey. Next bullet point. Recommendations regarding the optimal protein intake per serving for athletes to maximize muscle protein synthesis are mixed and dependent upon age, recent resistance exercise stimuli. General recommendations are 0.25 grams of high quality protein per kilogram of body weight, which is the absolute dose of 20 to 40 grams. And this is where sometimes you've heard the myth that the body cannot digest more than 40 grams of protein. There is a difference between what the body can digest and what it can use and what stimulates muscle protein synthesis. So what it is, is when you look at it, yes, there's genetic component, as you read in this, depends on the person exercising. 40 grams of protein, 
will stimulate max muscle protein synthesis. It doesn't mean that your body won't digest 50 grams, won't digest 60 grams. So your ultimate goal is to hit your protein goal for the day, then start spreading it out in this absolute dose of between 20 and 40 grams at each meal. Now, once again, this depends on top of protein, depends on a lot of things. This is where I settle in the recommendation of, hey, consume 30 to 50 grams of protein at each meal or each snack for optimal results when it comes to body composition. Acute protein doses drive to contain 700 to 300 milligrams of leucine and or higher a relative leucine content in addition to a balanced array of essential amino acids. And this is where we look at leucine being one of our branched chain amino acids that stimulate muscle protein synthesis. And, you know, I'm off topic a little bit with the next conversation, but I won't be able to understand that. This is where I get frustrated with some supplements and some like energy drinks that will put, well, this contains um, amino acids. If you do not have that higher dose of leucine, you're not going to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. So it's making sure that you have an ethical dose when it comes to using essential amino acids and branched chain amino acids. Next bullet point. These protein doses should ideally be even distributed every three to four hours across the day. Okay. Now I will put a little caveat or star beside this. When I work with individuals, my ultimate goal is that you hit your protein for the day then we can start working on spreading it throughout the day, right? Because you could eat every three to four hours. That's great. But if you're not consuming the amount of protein you need to eat, then you're not hitting your goal to, to begin with. So if you're new to your journey, focus on hitting your protein goal. Don't get caught up in eating every three to four hours or, you know, making sure that you're, you're getting the, you know, correct amounts. You hit your protein goal for the day. Now, I will say if your ultimate goal is to gain muscle tissue, then yes, you really want to look at eating every three hours to make sure that we are stimulating muscle protein synthesis as many times as we can throughout the day. Next bullet point, the optimal time period during which ingestion protein is likely a matter of individual tolerance since benefits are derived from pre and post in workout ingestion of protein. However, the anabolic effect of exercise is long lasting at least 24 hours but likely diminishes um, increasing time post-exercise. So while you do have a change in your insulin receptors on your muscle cells in the post-workout setting, it you can still recover, right? So the post-workout shake, why I recommend it post-workout is I want you training with some intensity. And for a lot of people, if you drank a protein shake right before you worked out, you're not gonna necessarily be training with intensity, okay? So once again, it's kind of preference upon the individual, I'm just letting you know how I recommend it. You know, I always do the post-workout shake versus a pre-workout shake, but just know that, you know, you could do either or. Sliding on down, the next bullet point, why is it, while it is possible for physically active individuals to obtain their daily protein requirements through consumption of whole foods, supplementation is practical way of ensuring intake of adequate protein quality quantity while minimizing caloric intake particular athletes who typically compete high volumes of training so this is what i love because i actually think of protein shakes as food and they should go into your food budget not your supplement budget supplements are there to supplement your nutrition plan to supplement what you're doing inside of your diet, not to make it up, okay? So the only time that you'll ever hear me say that a supplement trumps a real food is in the post-workout setting where I want the whey protein isolate. Now, are protein shakes quick, easy, and convenient? 100%, okay? Can they help you keep your fuels down, your carbohydrate and your fat down, um, and hit, hit your protein goal? 100%, okay? 
So I like to use formula one once again in that post-workout setting and then use level one as kind of a protein replacement because it's a slower assimilating or slower digesting protein that's going to help fill up the client, help keep them full. So you can look at those things. I will also use sometimes formula one first thing in the morning since someone's been fasting over the night um, to you know help get protein up during the day. Next bullet point, rapidly digesting proteins that contain high proportions of essential amino acids and adequate leucine are most effective in stimulating muscle protein synthesis. Whey isolate, once again, in the post-workout setting, because whey isolate is going to have a very high proportion of essential amino acids inside of one scoop, inside of 20 grams, very high level of those branched amino acids and leucine. Next bullet point, different types and quality of protein can affect amino acid bioavailability following protein supplementation. Animal proteins are superior to plant proteins in this sense. Animal proteins have all of the essential amino acids. So if you are plant-based 100%, which I have clients that are, we will look at increasing your protein to a higher number to make sure that we are getting in the adequate amount of essential amino acids that we need. Next bullet point. Athletes should consider focusing on whole food sources of protein that can contain all essential amino acids that are required to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. So we always look at food first, right? Once again, the only time that a supplement is going to trump it is in that post-workout setting with a whey protein isolate. <clears throat> Two more bullet points. Bear with me. Endurance athletes should focus on achieving adequate carbohydrate intake to promote optimal performance, aka making sure that we are replenishing those muscle glycogen storages. The addition of protein, however, will help offset muscle damage and promote recovery. So even for my endurance athletes out there, you think, well, Jeremy, I don't need a bunch of protein. You do. Right. Because when you're training and you're training for the marathon, you're training for the Ironman, you are breaking muscle tissue down. And I say I've been probably more sore from endurance events in my lifetime than I have been lifting weights. Right. So you are breaking muscle tissue down when you are doing these endurance events. So once again, yes, we would focus in a little bit more carbohydrate supplementation with the protein shake. Um, in that post-workout setting, but the whey protein would still be something I would want in my endurance athletes. And then last but not least, pre-sleep protein intake of 30 to 40 grams provides increase in overnight muscle protein synthesis and uh, a metabolic rate without influencing lipolysis. Big fancy word lipolysis, meaning the breaking down of fat. So what the data there shows that we can look at adding a protein shake before bed to help to offset muscle loss, okay, promote muscle gain while still being in a fat burning stage in a lower caloric diet, okay? I like to use level one um, in this case, but a lot of my clients will still use formula one because it's just easier to break down, easier to digest. So I'm good either way there, putting 30 to 40 grams of protein right before bed, okay? I hope you've enjoyed this. I know it was a lot, um, you know, of information um, that's on there. You know, for those that, you know, are in the first form app working with me from a coaching standpoint, I actually have this posted inside of our Facebook page. You know, for any listener that, that would want this, um, you can search the International uh, Society of Sports Nutrition, which is ISSN position paper on protein, and you'll be able to read these th 13 bullet points, okay? What I wanted to add was a little bit of education why and how I use it in my clientele, okay? Hope you enjoyed this segment of the Jerry Wallens podcast. I hope to bring you more of these straightforward education sessions in the future, and I hope you go have a wonderful day.